From the South Dakota Statewide Family Engagement Center, thanks for joining Fam Jam, where we bring together schools, families, and community members to discuss tricky topics in supporting students. We're your hosts, Morgan Von Hayden and Dana Livermont. And welcome to the February episode of The Fam Jam. Yes, welcome. We are so glad to have another great conversation related to family engagement. Yes, and speaking of family engagement, I think a lot of people, you know, myself included sometimes, we immediately think about schools and families when we talk about family engagement, but that's not really the whole equation, is it? Our communities, including our neighbors, businesses, and organizations, can have a huge impact on school success and student achievement. And that's why we're dedicating this episode to the tricky topic of partnering with the community to support schools. There's there's really just so many ways communities can partner to support education. And I, I think the bounds of our creativity are really the only limits here. So, in fact, there's a a lot of really cool, innovative ways that communities are getting involved all across South Dakota. And we've invited a few of them to join us today. I am really excited about what we're going to learn today, Dana. I think because the work each of these people is doing is so different, we should take a few minutes to spotlight each of their programs individually. I love that idea. And I I think I'd like to start with someone who works in a school district and is being really creative about pulling in the community to support her school. Our first guest is Dana Hawkes, and she's the principal at Todd County Middle School. Welcome, Dana. Hi, thank you for having me. We are so glad to have you here, Dana, and I've just heard amazing things about the work that you're doing down in, down in Todd County. How does the town of Mission, and even beyond that, the whole uh, Rosebud Sioux Tribe community support your school? Well, um, first and foremost, that uh, our kids come from the community. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that's how they support us is by sending their students and trusting us with them. Um, but mostly like with, with the community and, and tribal programs, um, anything that we have ever asked them to do um, or be a part of, they have full support for us. And that's been really, really Um, nice to know that we have people in our corner like some of the things that we've done um, we have a a relationship with White Buffalo Calf Women's Society which is the women's shelter we had a group of um, guys they were uh, it's called MVP male violence prevention they had some sort of a grant and they came in and worked with our young men. They did a lot of community service they set up sweat and they also just provided them support Um, A lot of our after-school programming centered about building community, and we had people from the community actually lead our after-school clubs. It was crucial for us to get people involved so kids had a grounding um, and could connect with people outside of just the school building. Well, and I like what you were saying about, you know, bringing in these groups like White Buffalo Calf and um, the MVP program sounds amazing and, you know, them helping to facilitate sweats. And that kind of got me thinking, you know, there's a lot of research that shows how important it is to weave culture into school. Um, and I know that specifically um, true for schools with high populations of Native American students. They achieve more and feel more connected to school when culture is a part of the programming. So how can your partners like outside of school help teach culture inside of your schools? Well, I, I mean, first of all, we don't 
culture isn't something that you teach, it's something that you live. Um, and that is probably the most crucial thing that outside of our, our walls that we want our kids to carry with us and how to be a good relative um, and how to uh, be a, a good person or a role within your community. And those are the things that we look like to these other programs to reinforce. There's no student in this building. None of them address me as Mrs. Hawkins. I, it's very rare if I even hear my last name. So they call me Miss Dana or they call me Dana. Um, it's very informal because they're part of this family. And that's, that's what we wanted to create here is a family. Tioshpai, uh, uh, the extended family. In the morning, we do morning announcements and we address our, our students as our, our nephews and our nieces. You can just feel your passion and your, just, you can just feel how much you love your families and your, your students. I just, it's very inspiring. I absolutely love it. What advice would you have for other school leaders who want to build stronger communities within their schools and even without outside of their school walls? Well, I think um, first and foremost, um, ask. <laughs> um, there is not one community organization or business that would say no to helping youth um, because they're investing in their community. Um, these kids are going to be our, our, our future leaders of not only our tribe, but um, our businesses in this area. Ask, 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 because any resources or any time that those people can um, contribute is it, you never know the impact that it's going to have on a kid or a family. I love that because, yeah, I think sometimes um, when we're in schools, we tend to overthink things and overcomplicate things. Um, you probably know that. Um, but sometimes it's just as simple as making a phone call and saying like, hey, just like we did with you all, like, hey, what are you doing on Tuesday? <laughs> do you want to talk? What can you do with our school? So, yeah, great advice. Dana, thank you so much for sharing about your, your work you're doing in Todd County. It is just amazing the reach that you guys are doing and the impact that you are making on your families. Um, I also now want to turn to some outside individuals who have worked hard to forge partnerships and relationships with their schools. Let's welcome our next guest. That's Steve Hildebrand. Hi, Steve. Hi, folks. So Steve was the previous owner of the iconic Josiah's uh, coffee shop in downtown Sioux Falls, which is, happens to be one of my favorite stops. Um, and now Steve is really focusing a lot of effort on his donor-advised fund called the Promising Futures Fund. Um, Steve, what can you tell us about the Promising Futures Fund and what are the goals? Well, thanks for having me here today. Um, appreciate hearing from others about what they're doing. You know, poverty is, is nothing new. Uh, diversity in our schools is, is not new, but it's growing. And, and the poverty rates in the Sioux Falls school districts have been growing as well. Uh, about 12 years ago, uh, we were at about a 38% poverty rate in the Sioux Falls schools, and now we're at nearly 50%. Uh, these schools have greater challenges than uh, schools with uh, higher income kids. Um, and what we want to do is try to level the playing field. We want kids in schools with high rates of poverty and high rates of diversity to have the same opportunities that kids in other schools have. And that's a big challenge, um, but equity in our schools should be critical. We will work to fund or get, achieve 
um, anything that is realistic that these principals are asking for or that the superintendent in the school district is asking for. And so we do a, a wide range of things. In all 12 of our elementary schools this year, um, we did a book a month club. So every single kid in their classroom, they're picking out their book that they wanna, that they wanna read. Um, we're purchasing it on their behalf, or the school is with our, with our fundraising. Um, but the kid owns the book at the end of the day. And uh, the reading research is pretty simple on this. If a kid owns their book and if they get to pick out the book that they read, there's just a greater chance that they're gonna read the book. We will fund about 55,000 books into the Sioux Falls schools, into these 12 elementary schools this year, 220 classrooms. Um, we have funded about $110,000 in field trip money uh, for these 14 schools. But we're there to answer the calls you know, if kids need winter coats, if they need socks, if, you know, the teachers need supplies for their classrooms. Um, we've really worked hard to connect to the community and use our connections as a board um, in the community on behalf of these principals and staff. So we're getting bikes from the prison system to get to kids in these schools as, as another way to make sure these kids are getting to school so that transportation is less of a barrier. We're uh, working on um, a project to get eyeglasses for kids in poverty because there's a system breakdown. And so kids in poverty um, are often challenged to get the eyeglasses. Um, library cards for all 24,000 schools, kids in Sioux Falls, that's a big initiative of ours. So a big piece of what we wanna do as a board is to use our voices and our connections uh, to advocate on behalf of neighborhoods that are important um, to the kids that we're serving in the schools. This is just incredible. And I can completely see why uh, when we were brainstorming on the voices to bring to our podcast, she goes, okay, so um, I think we need to talk to the Steve, Steve guy in Sioux Falls. Like it was one of my favorite coffee shops. We need to talk to him because he's doing some really cool stuff. And this is really cool stuff that you are definitely doing. But I'm also thinking, and I'm sure other people are thinking, listening to our podcast, well, that's great for Sioux Falls, but how do, how can I do that in my own community? So what are some first steps other people should take to begin something like the Promising Future Funds in their communities? One of the, one of the benefits where you could do this in any school district, um, you know, a lot of donors want that um, nonprofit status uh, so they can get a tax uh, benefit when they make the donation, okay? So you can write a check to a school and get that same um, tax deductible um, benefit. So you don't have to set up a foundation to do what we're doing. You can do it all through the schools. We have both. We have, we've got a small foundation connected to the Sioux Falls Area Community Foundation, a fund over there. Um, and you know we put plenty of money through there, but the lion's share of the money is written directly to the school. And frankly, for a donor, it's great accountability. You know, they're not just writing a check to go into the, you know, deep barrels of a foundation um, that's gonna pay for staff and overhead and everything else. They're writing a check to a program at a school that is going to get used 100% for that purpose. So you don't need a, fund, a big foundation. You don't need to go through all of the hassles of setting up a foundation to do this. You can do it with a relationship with the school. So any community um, could do this. 
thank you so much for for talking about your fund and for being here today um and i think at this point i'd like to spotlight um another program that is working hard to support schools in the brookings area heidi gullickson is the executive director of the brookings united way heidi thanks for sharing your time with us today oh thank you for having me here it's been great to listen to everybody else so far on the podcast i'm learning a ton so um, many people may not know, but one of the special projects of our organization, the Statewide Family Engagement Center, is the Porter the Hoarder project. And what we do is we work to deliver about 10,000 books across the state of South Dakota to first graders. And so last year, I had reached out to Heidi because I wanted to get books to Brookings. And so I said, you know, Heidi, can you help me get these books to these Brookings schools? And she was like, well why don't we do the whole county? <laughs> and so Heidi was able to make those connections to all the schools in the county, help me deliver the books and get the communication out. So you you could tell that you had this amazing relationship with all the schools across the whole county. So what are the things that you are doing to build relationships with you know your districts and your schools in Brookings County? So as United Way, we really want to be able to connect with the entire county. And for our other cities and towns in our county besides Brookings, they're, they're all very small. So they may not have resources there in their small towns, but would use the resources here in Brookings County. So we always try to be mindful to reach out to them um, when these types of opportunities come up. Also, we try to host some of the trainings for their school districts um, and really just wanna make sure that those teachers and those counselors and those administrators have the information about resources in in Brookings County. So if they come into a situation where a family has a new crisis or there's uh, a change in the family dynamics that they will be able to give them that information. They'll be able to pass on those resources and help them take that next step to finding finding the help that they need. So much great stuff. And I was looking at your website and I saw this whole page of resources that you had compiled for families in the response to COVID and, and distance learning. So, so cool. How did you develop those resources and get that information out to your families? Yeah, when, when kind of the pandemic hit here, we really pulled our, our local partners together so we could all communicate and try to have that one message because um, we knew things were changing on a daily, weekly basis on how things were being handled and where to go for assistance and those types of things. So we really tried to pull everybody together, um, get the information down in one place. We probably for four or five months straight had a flyer in the weekly food box giveaway that happened through Feeding Brookings and then also through our backpack program, the bags that went home with the students. And as a way just to keep people up to date, whether it's on how to find mental health resources, whether it was where to do some online um, programming, maybe the Boys and Girls Club was offering something new, the library program, just really trying to get that word out and use, use that immediate, here's something new this week. And hopefully folks were looking forward to getting that information each week. I know um, last spring, Families and educators were just so overwhelmed, like in a matter of days, having to switch gears and, and go to distance learning. And I think what you're talking about is just such a great reminder that 
we do have agencies and organizations in our communities that want to help. We just need to reach out to them. And I really like too how you're being creative about reaching families, you know, like relying on Feeding South Dakota or Feeding Brookings to help get that information out to families. Sometimes we need to think a little bit outside the box or in this case, inside the food box um, to get information out to families. So very cool. So if someone was interested in knowing if they had a United Way in their community, how, how would they find out if they have a United Way? I would uh, highly recommend if somebody is trying to find out information about their community, whether it's a, is there a United Way or, or lots of that kind of information, is to work with the Helpline Center to call that 211. Um, United Ways have been a huge proponent of the Helpline Center and really worked with them to advocate for statewide coverage. And we are lucky that went into effect in July. So even if a community doesn't have a United Way, um, calling that 211 to find out what resources are available in their area um, is always the first right step. Thanks for that information. And, and we're really lucky to have you as a partner. I know that. Um, and I know that Brookings County is lucky to have you too. But now I want to switch gears again because so far we've heard from the school reaching out to the community. We've heard about, you know, community partners reaching in, but community partners can also be individuals within your community who are driven to make a difference within their schools. So I would love to welcome a parent of four from Sioux Falls, Shar Green Maximo. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Shar, we are so glad to have you join our podcast today. A member of our team, Elizabetta, she was just so excited to share about the great work that you're doing and that what you've done to support the students also in the Sioux Falls area and in particular to our Native American students. Yeah, so what can you what can you tell us, Shar? What what's happening in Sioux Falls? What are you doing? Yeah, so a couple of things. I'm the chair of the Sioux Falls Native American Day Parade. And this year was supposed to be our third annual parade and the school district had given all of the students, every student, the day out of school, which is amazing because the past two years, it was just Native students and they had to get written permission. This year, we, we were able to collect funds and we did a video. The video, it kind of highlighted the importance of um, Native American Day. And so we did a workshop and middle school and high school youth were invited to go to Jennifer White, um, her art gallery called Post Pilgrim. She's a native artist here in Sioux Falls. She actually hosted the event and um, youth were able to like do different crafts and art projects with her. And then some people brought food and things like that. Um, and then they were a part of their, uh, that was all recorded part of the video that um, we did. And so that's kind of what kind of fell under in, in and being creative and thinking of other things to do <laughs> besides a parade. I'm also the president of the Indian Education Parent Committee for the school district. And a big part of that is we do a holiday uh, dinner and that's one way we get the parents and the families together before the holiday break. The biggest thing I, I realized is that um, the time commitment for these things and, and a lot of parents you know, work and so just trying to be available and, and be seen in some in some capacity wow you just like shared so much stuff that you're doing and um, in particular as you were talking about native american day i am glad that in south dakota we call it native american day and have made that change which is really important and to go back and think about you know the day just being for native american students and needing permission you know that just seems like an overwhelming barrier and they should be able to celebrate that day without penalty but really celebrating 
Native American Day should not just be for Native American students. It should be for all of us to, you know, celebrate our rich history, you know, and this land before it was even the state of South Dakota. So very cool stuff that you're doing. What was your first steps? Like, how does someone in the community set the ball in motion for these changes that you've been pushing? Yeah, to me, I feel like, you know, the biggest thing, it's so important just to get out there and meet people and to be present at different um, events, just being a part of dif- and listening in is usually where you start because then you start to get to know a little bit more about the community that maybe you hadn't learned before. A lot of the things I've gotten involved in, they weren't my ideas. <laughs> they were, maybe someone brought it to me, but what I'm really good at and I take pride in is moving things forward and taking action. So just putting yourself out there and, and not being... Um, scared to share your voice because as parents we're advocates for our youth um, especially as native parents and in in a place where we're not tied to a reservation you know we're in an urban setting and so sometimes we have to fight a little bit harder I, I really appreciate the way you phrased that too because I think when we think about communities we all have roles to play right so some of us can be idea generators and some of us can be supporters but we do need those advocates those change agents those people who are going to push a little bit harder and it sounds like like you are one of those people and doing a great job at it. <laughs> would like to say that you should all be really proud of the work you're doing. It's obvious that you're having a huge impact and making a difference in your communities and I'm sure your communities are very appreciative of all the work that you're doing. So um, we have come to the end of our of our time together but before we sign off for this episode we'd love to give you all um, a chance to share one final thought. So um, I want to begin with you Dana. Um, what is one thing you wish you know community organizations or businesses knew about partnering with a school? Be humble, be kind, and step out of the box. Recognize innovation when you see it and don't categorize things into, well, I do this so I can't support that. Everybody has a place. Everybody can help our youth. Everyone can help our our families become the best versions of themselves and uh, define what success looks like for them, not through our eyes but through their eyes. A small investment of time or resources can, can be life-changing. So that's, that's what I would leave with. And let's hear from our community partners too. Uh, we'll start with uh, you, Heidi. What is one thing you wish schools knew about partnering with the community? I just really wanna encourage the schools to, to reach out and ask. Uh, we have a lot of people who want to help. They just maybe aren't quite sure how to. And, um, you know, it is really about those collaborations. We have a lot of service clubs. We have a lot of uh, groups in town that really do want to do something. And sometimes it's just not clear necessarily what, what is an option out there. So as schools are running into kind of roadblocks, um, you know, to, to have that, that conversation of this would be great if we had, because there's probably somebody in the community that can make it happen. And Steve, same question. What is one thing you wish schools knew about partnering with the community? One, th- one thing I want the schools to understand is that the community doesn't know what they need. And so they need to make sure that they are very vocal, just as, as Heidi said. Um, the community doesn't even know that the schools take it upon themselves to make sure that these kids are fed and clothed and have 
you know, simple necessities like toothpaste and deodorant and everything else. These schools, and it's not just here in Sioux Falls, and it's not just the title schools, but schools all over the state and the nation are taking care of these kids at a much higher level uh, than what anybody in this community or, or, or communities around the country understand. And uh, the communities will respond if they understand the need. Um, so the principals and the staff need to be very vocal about what they need to help these kids uh, have a great education and, and have a good life. I want to end with our parent um, just because I believe so much um, that there's a lot of power and potential within our families. And so, Shar, what is one thing you wish other parents and family members knew about partnering with schools for change? I just think like our experience is powerful. Our, um, you know, being a parent is powerful and there's so many ways to use that. And the more we are able to get together, the more push um, comes with that, the more we see change, local change. And with numbers that happens and we see that and as parents, we know what, what, what our kids need. With that, our voices, everything. We loved hearing from our guests today, and we hope you loved it too. Our next two episodes will focus on transitions, both into school and out of school. Join us next month as we talk about kindergarten transition and how both students and families can prepare. See you then. The Fam Jam is a production from the South Dakota Statewide Family Engagement Center, where we're committed to uniting students, families, schools, and communities together by focusing on learner needs from cradle to career. Music written by Tom Freer. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, SFEC South Dakota, and become our friend. We love having new friends.